WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Welcome to the Pastor's Study here on the Essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Pastor Kevin Swan, along with Pastor John Young, Pastor Ray Johnson, all in studio today on this beautiful but hot Tuesday afternoon. Once again, we thank you for listening to another edition of our show. And and if you again, you're tuning in for the first time, you know, this is a show where we just talk about things from a relevant perspective. And as always, the, the conversations that we have tend to be heated, but that's a good thing. Uh, we, we want to hear from you and hear from your perspective. And uh, we're going to go ahead and jump in. I know we're starting a little bit late, but I want to welcome Pastor Ray Johnson uh, because he has something big that's coming up this weekend for all of the youth and young adults that are listening. Please, please come on out and support this effort. Pastor Ray Johnson, tell us about it real quick. Well, I'll tell you, Pastor Swan, this is going to be an exciting weekend. First, let me say uh, good to be back with both of you. Uh, this week, look forward to today's discussion. But this weekend is going to be very big for the Hampton Roads area because this year, again, as I do every year, Chosen 2010 takes place on Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and possibly Sunday night. Uh, what we do is we have a youth and young adult conference. And typically, I've done it for young people between the ages of maybe 10 to 16. And uh, my focus is a little bit changed to include the college age students as well. So we're going to go from uh, probably ages nine to all the way to 30 and have something for everybody with Chosen 2010. And we'll start Friday night, this Friday night at CRC Peninsula, our south location at uh, 119 29th Street. And we will have CC Michaela uh, from the hit TV show series Girlfriends. She used to be the character Yvonne and uh, you've got to hear her testimony. She's been saved. Uh, the Lord has uh, saved her soul and turned her loose on the entire nation. She has a, an excellent singles ministry and ministry toward young people in the area of purity. And if you remember her from the show, she actually was the character Yvonne that was in a love relationship with William. 
and the Lord stopped her in her tracks and began to minister to her about how important it was for her to set a good example. Uh, and so she came off of the show because of the compromising position she found herself in with William being living together, not married. And what that whole persona uh, began to um, portray throughout the country. And uh, ever since then, she's been on fire for the Lord. Very strong singles ministry. Uh, she'll be speaking on Friday night and you do not want to miss it. Uh, also, Simo and Karen Poole will be our musical artists that night. Then on Saturday, we'll begin Saturday morning uh, right about nine o'clock and we're going to have breakout sessions for teens and young adults. And so uh, Pastor JT, uh, who's on here normally uh, throughout the morning hours, he's going to be teaching the young people and Dr. Antipas Harris will be with the young adults and then we'll switch uh, for the second half of that day. Those sessions are nine to 11 uh, and they're an hour each, nine to 10. And then you get a chance to switch and go to the other one from 10 to 11. Then right at noon, around 1130 to noon lunchtime, uh, young adult single session with CC Michaela and she's going to take some time and really break it down and talk to young people about what it's like to be young single unmarried saved but yet celibate and uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation because she's a no holds barred kind of speaker um, and then we'll finish up uh, with those sessions and then we'll have some more stuff from 12 to 2 and she'll follow up again and she'll we'll pull everybody together and she'll speak to everybody um, and, and we'll have a great time there as well. And then that night, I'm really excited because uh, my homeboy uh, from the uh, Potter's House in Dallas, Texas, uh, T.D. Jakes' young adult pastor, Pastor Tim Ross, will be with us Saturday night at 6 o'clock. He is just returning from the Fusion Conference in Brazil and still on fire. And uh, he's actually going to kind of come in a day early. He and I will hang out a little bit. So if you want to get some time with Tim, call me, and uh, we'll hook it up. And... Uh, He's going to preach Saturday night, and then uh, I've asked him to stay over Sunday morning as well. And he'll preach Sunday morning as well, and quite possibly he might, uh, if he still has some wind left, preach again Sunday night at our Hampton location, which is at uh, 317 Lee Street, which is Memorial Baptist Church at our Hampton location. So we're looking forward uh, to the youth conference all weekend long, man. The phone number is 757-245-1747. And we're looking forward to having a great time. The number is w, uh, the website, www.crcpeninsula.org. The youth conference is going to be bananas, and we're going to have a great time. As a matter of fact, I believe our guest that's speaking Friday night is on the air. CC, are you there? I'm here. How you, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> hey, girl, what's I'm up with good. you? good. Everything is wonderful, blessed, and highly favored. Good, good, good. Well, I just finished talking about you. This is Pastor Ray, and uh, I'm wonderful. on air uh, with my two, my two friends here, Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church and Pastor John Young of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center here. Both of those churches will be with us as well. And uh, I just want you to take a few minutes, if you could, and just tell us a little bit about your testimony and moving from girlfriends to what the Lord has you doing now uh, throughout the country. Oh, wow. Well, you know, so many people watch that show, uh, secular and non-secular. It was called Girlfriends, and I was only supposed to do one episode, and people kept calling in, and they were like, she's so funny, you got to have her back. So... Sure enough, they kept asking me back again and again and again. It ended up being about a year on the show, and uh, it was such a, a blessing to to my life. And uh, towards the end of the year, and of course everybody knows that uh, Girlfriends lasted about eight years, eight seasons, beating out the Jeffersons and probably one of the top 
uh, longest-running, uh, most popular African-American shows on television uh, for African-American families. Um, but towards the end of the first season, I received a script that vexed the Holy Spirit within me. And one of the things that I always um, believe in and that I uh, live by is that I would never want to do anything that would taint my testimony or weaken my witness. And I would never want to do anything that would embarrass my mother on earth or my father in heaven. And that's just something that I've always, um, you know, as, as I began to, to take my walk in Christ and accept, um, you know, the responsibility of being a Christian is just something that I wanted to stick to. And, you know, this is very new for me. I've only really been in the ministry for 10 years and, and been like a hard, I call it a hardcore Christian, into the full knowledge of God. Anybody can be saved, but if you're not reading that Word of God, getting it into your heart, and then applying it and living it, walking it out, literally uh, exuding the life of Christ, then it's like, ah, I don't know if you're really Christian. <laughs> you can go to church, but it's really all about walking it, talking it, living it, exuding it, um, and really uh, following the laws and precepts of, of the Word of God. And so I walked away from that show. That day, uh, the Holy Spirit um, said, this is your last day. And I fear the Lord so much so that um, I fired myself. My agent did not do it for me. They thought I was basically crazy. <laughs> but I, I fired myself, yes, and walked away from the number one show in America for African-American families. And I walked right off that set and straight into my ministry, God's Girl, God's Guy, Network, which is a 501c3 yeah. nonprofit organization that promotes the abstinence from premarital sex, drugs, and alcohol for young people. Now, that is great. So you actually walked away because the show put you in a compromising position, and uh, the portrayal of that was is something that so many young African-American, both men and women, experience. Am I hearing you say that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't feel right about it as far as being a lady, as far as being an African-American, and most importantly, um, the script just did not represent um, Christianity well. Not that any script in Hollywood would ever really represent Christianity anyway, but you can't do but so much. And I, I, I truly believe in, um, as an actress and a singer, you are responsible for what comes out of your mouth, you know, out of the, out of, uh, out of the, uh, out of the, the heart of heart, you know, whatever comes out of the mouth starts in the heart, you know, out of the heart, the, the abundance of the what? The heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm -hmm. So I just believe that even though scripts are being written for me, I have the power to control and I have the, either the mind of Hollywood or the mind of Christ to be able to say, no, this is not something I'm comfortable um, exuding or exhibiting or saying out of my mouth. Um, you may think it's a character, but for me, it's still me as a person person having to say these words and do this act um, with my body, with my mouth, and it's me. I have to deal with this when, when I go to bed tonight. You know, mm -hmm. it's not Yvonne. <laughs> it's Cece playing Yvonne, and no matter what I'm doing on the movie screens or on the television screens, I still have to go home, get on my knees and pray and go, what did I just do? Like, that's not Yvonne. Yvonne doesn't even exist. <laughs> that Cece playing Yvonne. Yvonne can't go to heaven or hell. Uh -oh. He's going to go to heaven or hell. That's uh -oh. the scary part. That's the tricky part about Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds like a, a message for Friday night. Are you 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 preaching hey. a little bit about Friday night? How <laughs> we doing that? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, just just talking about um, how cool it is to be Christian and how wonderful. Because I was truly lost. I was tore up from the floor. If I had no clue who I was and whose I was, and it's a beautiful life. And of course, now I've been ten years abstinent. Um, and I just absolutely love 
my life. It, it, it's drama free. It, it's so drama free. I couldn't imagine having to run to the clinic or buy condoms as a young, you know, beautiful young Christian lady, you know, being caught in the drugstores buying, you know, multiple, multiple pack condoms, throwing them in my purse as if that's, you know, come on, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get myself straightened up and it's been a process. But, um, when he called me and he said, CC, enough is enough. This show's got to go. What's it going to be? I just walked away and I said, Lord, just show me. I got into that word. And I mean, I was so hungry and so thirsty. I just kept reading it and reading it and it just changed my life so quickly. I had no idea I wasn't supposed to be running after boys. You know, the Bible says a man who finds a wife. First of all, I wasn't even in a position to be a wife. The big difference between a, a wife and a girlfriend, which is one of the problems with the name of the show in the first place. Mm. You see? <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, you're not a girlfriend, you're a wife. So, number one, you need to kind of stop. <laughs> it's like, look at the name of the show, and I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> Lord, have mercy, you know, Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. So now, you know, um, even a lot of girlfriends get your marriage in trouble. You are a wife. Mm. But you're listening to your girlfriends and what their husbands are doing and what their boyfriend, you know. So it's, it's that whole girlfriend-boyfriend thing. You know, we, we got to definitely talk about just relationships. And we're giving up too much too soon. There's a lot of brokenheartedness and, um, you know, a lot of soul ties and confusion. Babies out of wedlock. I, I teach babies inside of wedlock. A lot of the African-American community has never even heard that. All they've ever seen is babies outside of wedlock. They didn't even know the inside of wedlock was a concept. Mm. Abstinence? What's that? Ten, nine years old need to be able to spell that and know what it is and know that it is the right thing. They may not be able to find the exact word abstinence in the Bible. It's called three fornication in the Bible. You know, it's called holiness. No one will even get to heaven without holiness, you know, and peace among all men. So... Holiness is, is what's hot. Holiness is what's up. You won't even get to heaven without holiness. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But it means that you do strive for excellence in Christ according to his word. And that's just what I, I really strive for every day. I say, Lord, help me. Keep me. Teach me. Correct me. You know, straighten me out. Mold me. Shape me. I don't want to shape myself anymore. A lot of young ladies and a lot of young men, they do what they want to do. And they're really in bad shape, mm-hmm. literally. And, and, and we're going to talk about God, you know, being the potter. What shape are you in today? I'm, you know, not even so much physically, but just where, where is your heart? Where is your mind? Where is your thought? Your thought life? You know, how, how's your life shaping out? You know, what shape are you in? You know, That's literally good. in every area of your life. So we'll be talking about, you know, how is God molding you? And will you let him mold you? Or have you been molding yourself? Are you no longer a virgin? Your hymen is broken? God, that's not in, in God's will. Are you drinking every night? So, you know, you, you, you know, your upset stomach, you're waking up with hangovers and headaches and things. That, what shape are you in? Are you using profanity like crazy and you can't? properly, um, you know, express yourself, you know, that's, that's language of ignorant people. I'm sorry to say that, but, but well, it is, you know, it's, it's it just, um, and that's what I do. I mean, and, and, and it's not easy. I mean, I've had, I, I'm so real. I will tell all my business as you can see. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I do not care whatever it takes because in the word of God, it says that our testimony will help others to, you know, to overcome. Amen. And, uh, been through a lot, didn't know a lot, didn't have a daddy. Daddy died right in front of me at 21 years old. Didn't see a bed till I was 18 years old. 
um, you know, just really been through, been shot at four times, still standing. You know, so Amen. so God's got something very uh, great for me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to reach as many young people as I can. But come on out because, you know, we're going to talk about the, ch- the choices that you're making in life, the disobedience to the parents and this whole gap of communication between parents. And, you know, I know sometimes you think my parents don't understand me and, and you don't understand them. And, you know, it's, a, it's just a lot of divorce out there, a lot of, you know, it's a lot of things going on. And uh, things at school, people are being bullied like crazy. Uh, there's a lot of sexual identity crisis out there. People are gay, bi, trans, there's so many sexuals, bisexual, transsexual, <laughs> quadrasexual. I don't know what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, I'm going to roll through and you just be there, and I tell you, we're going to talk about any and everything, and I want to help you in, in, in every area of your life, because I come from Hollywood, I've I just been there, done that, you know, a lot of the young people, they're, they're very talented, they want to go to Hollywood, and, and we'll be talking about the, the, the nature of Hollywood in 2010 and what's going on right now in Hollywood, how they're being treated as actors, as singers, you know, as as performers, there's definitely some things going on that's real satanic, and, and we'll talk a lot about that, why they're listening to certain music, certain artists, and it's like, what's going on with them? Why are they, you know, walking down the street naked? You know, what's, wait a minute, what's, <laughs> what's you know, they're shaving their heads, and, 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 and the tattoos are all over their bodies, and their own drugs, and, you know, what, you know, what what's the beats, and why is everything so sexual? What is going on? Why do little girls want, you know, birthday sex? What, what, what kind of Lord, gift is that? That you want sex for your birthday? Has it come to that? What kind of birthday gift is that? You already done had some anyway, most of them. So what kind of What, can you give me something different on my birthday? Because I've already had that. I know, so that's really, right. We really, I mean, I'm just that real. So, you know, if you're having sex out there and you're like, wow, you know what I'm saying? I need to get it together, you know? I've already had one or two abortions, CC. Man, you know, I'm your girl. I'm not going to judge you. We're going to talk this thing out. CC, I want to stop having sex, but, it, it, you know, it, it, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. It, it don't even feel good all the time, but I, I keep wanting, that's called a soul tie. A lot of people don't talk about that in the church, you know? So we got to yeah. talk about breaking those soul ties and really waiting for your husband, not no true love. Wait, well, I thought I was in love. You're not in love. You're in lustful. We're going to talk about the difference between does he or she love you or lust you? You All know, right. the difference between a wife and a girlfriend, a husband and a boy or a husband and a man. It says a man who finds a wife, but every, every man and a man. Amen. You know, so, so we're going to break all of that down, the human body. We're going to talk about body parts, what's the natural use of every body part having to do with sexuality, okay, man. And we're just going to be real and talk because these children are going, I mean, people are losing their virginity in the shower at the school. You know, come on, yeah. baby girl. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, so that's that's real. And we're going to talk about the music, which is so highly influential over the young people in their attire. Why are you wearing skinny jeans, baby? You ain't skinny, boo-boo. Them skinny jeans can't make you skinny. Sweet pea, we need to breathe, baby. You need to breathe. So, you know, why are you wearing? Who are you trying to impress? What kind of attention? Well, There's positive good. attention and negative attention. So we're going to talk about fashion, music, sex, all of the things that the young people are going through, you know, getting ready for college. What do you dream? You know, what is your purpose, your calling? Your friends, you are your friends. Who are your friends? And if you, you know, half of them wouldn't even get in trouble had it not been for that friend. Had it not been for that friend getting around the wrong crowd, birds of a feather do what? Flock together. So we're going to lay it out. Y'all better get there. I'm excited. Amen. Well, TC, <laughs> thank you so much for calling in today. And let me You're just so say welcome. again, 
uh, that this is uh, CC Michaela from the uh, hit TV show Girlfriends. She has a national ministry now where she travels throughout the country. She will be with us this weekend on Friday night at Calvary Revival Peninsula, located at 119 29th Street in Newport News. She will be speaking at 7 o'clock again on Saturday at 11. 12 and 1 and so you don't want to miss it thank you so much for calling in cc we appreciate it we look forward to seeing you this weekend thank you you all right. too all right, all right. Bye-bye. bye-bye god bless well listen uh make sure that you 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 you, you go to www.crcpeninsula.org sign up for chosen the entire conference is free this weekend the only thing you need to pay for is the luncheon with CC on Saturday, which is $6 a person. Uh, but the entire conference, Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday day is free. The luncheon is the only thing that costs. We look forward to you coming out to celebrating with us. Bring every young person that you can find to CRC Peninsula. We're located at 119 29th Street in the city of Newport News. You can call us at 757 245 one seven four seven or you can email us at life at crcpeninsula.org and we'll get right into today's show right after this break in just a few moments listen eden is kingdom and eden mindset is a kingdom mindset let me hear you where my eden citizens at where my eden citizens at where you at let me see you do your hands like this. And welcome back to the Pastor Study. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. If you're just tuning in, you missed a treat. CeCe Michaela, formerly of the uh, hit show Girlfriends, she she came on and, and uh, she spoke from her heart, spoke very candidly about some things that she'll be sharing. And again, this will be taking place this Friday night at Calvary Revival Church Peninsula in Newport News. And for more information, you can go to crcpeninsula.org. The event is free of charge. Uh, a matter of fact, the whole weekend is free with the exception of lunch on Saturday, which is $6. And you can't beat it. Uh, a star-studded lineup that's coming in. And we do encourage you to come on out and support that event. All young adults, all young people really need to hear that testimony because she really laid some things out in the time that she was here on the show that, that proved to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting on Friday night at your church, Pastor Johnson. You know, I'm looking forward. I, I hope some of our folk from Ivy can make sure that they make it over to hear uh, what she has to say. But Pastor Young is also in studio with us. Pastor Young, how you doing today? Blessed and highly favored, bro. And I, you know, it was really hard for me to listen all that time because I've got a real short attention span. I, I'd be curious to know, you know, what 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 her take is on on our topic for today. You know, because uh, I, I I just didn't want to ask her that question because she probably had a sermon on standby. <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, speaking of that, though, you know, you know, dress codes and all that kind of stuff, like we were talking about last week. I noticed that you're looking right preachy today, brother. You yeah, got on the slacks and the preacher shoes and you know what I mean I, you you look like a preacher to me today bro and and I thought I thought we had a pact you know what I'm saying that we would go stealth you see because me and Ray Ray excuse me Pastor Raymond Johnson we have on flip-flops you know what I'm saying because Jesus wore sandals you know what I mean so so what's up is this a revolt that's all I'm saying I want to know 
No, this is called I have some meetings after the show is over. This <laughs> is what it is. Else I'll be hanging out with you all. And uh, if, if you're just tuning in, uh, you missed last week's show. Uh, we had a very interesting show last week. We, we raised the issue, and Pastor Ray was not here. So, you know, Pastor Ray, uh, Pastor Young, he always gives us the... The, the historical and the biblical perspective, you know, we, we just ain't there yet. But but he, we, we talked about dress code and, and we talked about whether or not dress code in the church, whether or not is it a traditional element, is it a cultural element, is it biblical that there is a certain standard of dress or is it a combination of all these things while we see, particularly in the African-American community, we see more of a standard of dress uh, than perhaps we would see in other uh, ethnic groups, in congregations of other ethnic groups. And so uh, I heard from Pastor Young last week, but just in case you didn't hear from Pastor Young, you missed the show. Pastor Young, what's your perspective on on dress code? Now, I know you come from your own vantage point at your church, but generally speaking, what do you think? Is it cultural, traditional, is it biblical? And then we'll get Pastor uh, Johnson's response also. I think it's predominantly cultural, bro. You know, I you know I know that a lot of times, you know, you'll see biblical uh, uh, passages like you know that that women shouldn't wear manly apparel. Well, back in those days, men wore stuff that looked a whole lot like dresses to me. You know, they called them garbs and whatnot for you Bible scholars out there. But you know that was cultural, is my point. You know, and so you know the truth be told is that I think if we get to a place where we are trying to decide whether or not we want to go and connect with uh, the God of the whole universe, and we have to figure out whether or not we want to do that based on what I got to wear, the church is missing something. What do you think, Pastor Ray? Well, now I have to go on the other side from Pastor Young. And, of course, I've got to be historical and biblical and give the historicity of everything. That's my first big word for the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in the building. So, 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 and just, <laughs> Pastor Young said, where is Google? Listen, when you look at this from a, a biblical perspective, I mean, let's, let's just take, since the scripture in the New Testament says that we are kings and priests under our God. So the priests, before they went into the temple, there were certain vestments and garbs that they had to wear before they could administer the sacrifices for the sin of the people in relationship to connection with God. Now, our sanctuaries are the tabernacling places where we experience the presence of God. And so I would liken this to say, just as the priests had to wear certain vestments uh, before he came in to administer the sacrifice. And so, or else he could not even be received if he didn't have his ephod on right or his tassels on his robe weren't right. All of those kind of things were just to show simply this, Pastor Swan and Pastor Young, order. That's all it was designed for, order. Simply to say that, yes, we do need to make sure that church is, you know, available and open so that anybody can come at any time. But at the same time, we have to do things in decency and in order. Now, I dress down for the whole summer, and every May, I stand in my pulpit and I say, okay, this year, I even, I even started it earlier. I started it the day after Mother's Day. Normally, I wait until June. Uh, but I started, you know, the Sunday after Mother's Day because it's just hot. <laughs> and I'm in a traditional building, and people need to wear stuff that's comfortable uh, so that, um, you know, you, you're not sweating your perm out and all your clothes. Now, at the same time, I say this, let's be tasteful in what we wear. So as, as, as we want to reach everybody and we want everybody to feel comfortable, we do want to be tasteful uh, in that. And so I would say our tastefulness is likened to what the 
uh, the vestments and the garments that the priest would wear into the temple coming to church. So you can't look like you're going to the alley on Friday night on Sunday morning. That's if you are saved and a member of a congregation. Let's start there now. If if you're not saved and, and you know, you hear the term all the time and we did discuss this last week, you know, the whole notion of come as you are. Is, is that really relevant? Is that term relevant in the church? Do people really feel like they can come as they are or, or do we kind of put an asterisk on that statement to say, yeah, you can come as you are provided that um, you have certain things in place? I think there's some tastefulness to be said for that, Pastor Swan. I, I, I would answer the question by saying, uh, provided that you have certain things. Uh, that's traditionally and history-wise where we are because, you know, all of us got some church mothers. Well, maybe Pastor Young doesn't have that many church mothers uh, because he has a young uh, contemporary congregation where you and I have maybe more traditional congregations with uh, sprinkles of young people uh, throughout all of that, which kind of places us in some tensions because, you know, we have some church mothers that will come and put the little, I don't even know what those little handkerchiefs, are those handkerchiefs? What are those things they put over their legs on the front row and all of that, you know. They, they, Pastor, Pastor Young said goodie covers, you know, <laughs> got to keep the goodies covered up. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what they do. But now, I just think, Pastor Swan, you know, if you got too much Cleveland showing, too much chest hair showing, if it's too tight, it just ain't right. And uh, you got to be you got to be tasteful when you come into the house of the Lord. I fully respect that. And I think we said that last week, that there is an element of how you should present yourself. You can be casual, but you can still be presentable to God. I think there is a line there. We want to open up the phone lines uh, and hear your perspective. Now we have the full compliment, Pastor Raymond Johnson is taking the other side. So you are saying that there there should be a a standard, a high standard of dress. Now, the question becomes today, and this is why we wanted to add to this conversation. Do you think that because there is a standard of dress that may be higher, that is higher perhaps than the standard that's in the world, do you think that in some cases prevents people from not coming to church? If, if our responsibility is to go out into the hedges and highways and compel people to come in, that the house may be full, but then we put a stipulation on it that says, well, um, we want you to come, but we also want you to have this standard, but you haven't joined the church yet, you haven't uh, been saved, you haven't been regenerated, none of those things have happened yet. Are we in some ways to the unbeliever giving false message or giving double message that yes, we want you to come, but we really want you to come and look like us rather than you coming as you are. And then once you get here and you are, are saved and you grow in Christ, then maybe at that point you'll begin to change how you look. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I'm hoping is that, you know, uh, all of y'all that run around out there with your um, with your jacked up toe up jeans and 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 your and your mini skirts or whatever, just come on to Power Believers. You know, if you're trying to find a place to go to church, you know what I'm saying, just come on out. You know, and 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 one of the things that I believe is that when you connect uh, with the Holy Spirit of God, you begin to change from the inside out. You know, and and don't get me wrong, it's no disrespect to the traditions and all of those kinds of things that are established uh, uh, in the church. But the truth is, is that, you know, from my perspective, I believe that if someone wants to get their heart right with God, it doesn't start with what you wear. 
I believe it starts with the condition of your heart, not the condition of your wardrobe. And so, you know, as, as I know Ray and, and, um, and, and Pastor Swan agree with me on, on that particular point, but, but the, the truth is, is that how we get them there to me matters because it's very important to me that we don't create a culture or an atmosphere where people are forced to be phony, you know, where you, you, you work on the paint job first and, and you don't necessarily care about uh, what's going on in the engine, which is the heart. And so for me, you know, I think it's very important for us right from the beginning to just destroy traditions and sacred cows and just say, bring it. Just however you are, you come to God and you allow God to change you from the inside out. And when the Holy Spirit starts to minister to people, you won't change just because Sister Ida May thinks it's the, 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 the reason you should change. You'll change because God has done a work in your heart. Amen. And, and to say uh, to Pastor Raymond Johnson's point, um, the Bible was written in a cultural context. Okay, so if in fact, let's say, for example, the Bible was written in this present cultural context, would perhaps there be a completely different notion of what dress would look like? Um, you know, because now when, you know, when you go back into history, as you've done, and, and we know why in the African-American community dress was important because of slavery and because we wanted to go to a place where we valued and were valued and looked good and presented ourselves to be honorable to God. And, and yet now in, in our community, African-American community, um, in many respects, people don't have that same sentiment anymore. Um, the civil rights movement has passed. Uh, that dress and that formal style is no longer as significant as it would appear in the African-American community as it used to be. Does that mean then that the church should then look at how we do what we do in terms of inviting in the next generation? Um, because, again, if we're coming in three-piece suits and the, and the next generation doesn't even own a suit, are they less likely to come in because of what we look like? Or, or, or should the church in some ways adjust what it does to bring those in so that they can know and appreciate the value of knowing God? Let me answer that this way, Pastor Swan, by, by saying this. Um, and, and if I can have two minutes just to kind of unpack this, yes and no. Um, and I know that sounds like splitting hairs, but let me start by saying this way. You cannot clean fish until you catch it. And so m many of our cultural norms and customs are so designed for us to clean the fish before we catch them first. And so I think what the church has to do universally is that we've got to make sure that the sanctuary is open and available for anybody because we have in the New Testament a very clear portrait and record of Jesus suspending the rules. You could start with the Seraphonician woman um, who, who said, you know, Jesus, let me come and eat from the master's table uh, when Jesus specifically said that I am here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel first. And so we find the first entrance of faith in that place. And then uh, continuing on with Cornelius, where Jesus didn't even have to come to his house. Uh, because Cornelius understood that he was a man of authority and so on and so on and so forth. So when you look at those, you see that the door is open for anybody. And the scripture does say in Acts, whosoever will, let them come. Now, at the same time, culturally, let's look at the environment that we live in today. And this whole notion and term called Sunday's Best, um, which where we get the TV show from, where Sunday's Best in the African-American community comes right on around to what we would wear on Sundays and giving God our best. So my best may not be your best, but the idea is let's make sure we give God our best. And so sometimes our best may be uh, a pair of jeans and some sneakers. Now, here's what I think. Here's where my yes and no comes in at even more. I think that what we do 
is that because we have a phenomena of young men who wear these gold fronts grills in their mouths and we have young women who think that it's okay to dress like prostitutes and we have young men who wear their pants way beneath the belt line on their bodies. I think that one of the things that we can do to help turn that tide and raise the standard in the church is maintain that Sunday best excellence. Now, you may not have to uh, police the church. I'm not advocating that in any way. But what I am saying is um, when we like for when I have those summer dress downs, I dress down like that for the summer, um, but I do it tastefully. So I'm wearing jeans or linen or whatever it is that I have on. Uh, I do it tastefully for the entire summer just so I can make sure that we are reaching an environment of people who may not have the three-piece suits. But now when September comes back around, I'm back to wearing uh, my three-piece suits. Now, I do that as the preacher because there are 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old boys who are members of my church who have not seen an articulate black man, well-dressed, well-groomed, who knows how to carry himself. And we become that model again. So the importance of the church uh, today like it was in the 60s and in the 20s, is about modeling excellence, I think. Um, And so we're able to raise the standard about how you can kind of, here's my next big word for the day, ambidextrous. Um, And you know how, Pastor Swan, you left, but you can shoot with your right hand. So as uh, uh, and being ambidextrous, you've got to be able to put on a suit and go uh, into the boardroom. Uh, You've got to be able, and then be so uh, so, uh, ambidextrous enough where you can go put on shorts and a chain and a hat and go stand on the corner and have a conversation at the same time. I think the issue is many of our young people uh, are not able to do that, and so they are just one way all of the time. And I think the church can raise the standard to teach you how you can be able to operate in all different realms. And I I understand that, and... And I think the question becomes, and we're going to go to the caller, is is that for this generation who lives by 106 and Park and lives by other things that they see on television primarily, most of the people that they see do not wear suits. Most of the people that they see and emulate are not dressed the way in which people who go to church tend to be dressed. Is there Does that then cause a disconnection between people and their view of church because now they're going to a place where they see people that are dressed in a manner that's not consistent with how they live. Does that hinder people from wanting to come? I think that's the question. I don't think that dress in and of itself uh, in God's sight causes uh, any difference. You know, a person in a three-piece suit can sin just as bad as somebody in jeans and a T-shirt. The question becomes, I, I think the question becomes, does it hinder people? From coming because they say, as we've heard before, I don't have anything to wear. And we want to open up the phone lines to see uh, what you have. I believe we have Laverne from Hampton. Laverne, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the Pastor Study. Thank you. I've been listening and I kind of agree with, I guess, both sides because on the one hand, you do want to tell people, come as you are. If you're inviting an unsaved person to church, you don't want them to feel like they have to put on all this outward stuff to come to church. You want them to come as they are, but at the same time, when they come, if they come into your church and they see the members of your church, Christian women dressed like hoochie mamas with, you know, stuff bulging out and cleavage and stuff too tight and too short, then they're going to say, well, this is just like what I see in the world. I don't see anything different. I need something different. So I think that if we do model, and again, have a standard, we don't have to have a dress code, but a lot of times when you tell people, well, 
um, be decent. You know, we're dressing down, but I want you to be decent. How do you define decent? One young lady who's 19 might think it is decent to have cleavage and, and uh, you know, shorts on that are too tight to come to church, you know. Um, someone else might say decent means you need to cover up, you know, have nothing shown but your face and your feet. <laughs> so I think, unfortunately, it goes a lot of times to people's personal taste or their personal preference. But at the same time, I think there has to be some type of standard um, I mean, I don't know if you could stop people at the door, especially your, your own church members, and say, honey, you need to go home and change because that is not decent for church or for anywhere in public, you know. But um, at the same time, an unsafe person coming in, you don't want them to feel like they do have to dress up in the suit and tie, and, you know, you want them to come, just to come. And then I think, as Pastor Young said, it, it all begins with that inner working of the heart. When the, when the heart is changed, then the person will begin to say, okay, I'm understanding that the Spirit of God is convicting me. I can't wear this. This doesn't feel right, you know, to go before people, and, and especially young men who say that they actually having a hard time focusing on the message because the girl that just walked by is showing way too much in church. So, you know, it's you got to have a standard, and then at the same time you want to allow those who are coming literally off the streets to come in and not feel uncomfortable but once they come and they're saved, I believe that God will work in their hearts. And if they yield, and if they're sensitive to the Spirit of God, then they will begin, the change will begin to show on the outside once the inside is changed. Okay. Thank you for the call. We appreciate okay, your time. You. Pastor Young, what we know is that uh, in, in our country, Christianity is not growing. We, we know that other religions are fastly uh, are growing at a more rapid pace than, than Christianity. Could it be perhaps because there is a disconnect within how people view church, how people view how they should come to church. And and I don't know if I want to be a part of a, a, a congregation that requires me to dress in a manner that's inconsistent with how I normally dress. Should that be something that churches look at when we're trying to when we're trying to advance the kingdom of God? That is our assignment. That is our mandate on the earth as pastors. How do we respond to that? You know, I think for so long, um, you know, we've we've shaped uh, uh, tradition, and I think I think Jesus put it this way. He said that people have made the word of God of none effect because of your traditions. And so, there's a difference between having a healthy culture, a healthy tradition, and then mandating it on people that 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 absolutely need God but want to reject your tradition. Because if you have to choose uh, God or tradition, we got a problem. And so, so my, my issue is more so, you know, when we have a culture where, you know, and, and Pastor Ray makes a very valid point, you know, we need our young, especially uh, the young African-American men, they need to be able to see a young, articulate, intelligent African-American man that is, is dressed to the nine. But they also need to see that, you know what, you know, you know, for example, people at my church would say, you know, my pastor don't wear a tie, you know, but... Uh, you know, you clearly don't have to have a tie uh, on to to uh, let God uh, uh, manifest himself through you because clearly they can see God operating in you. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, it's one thing to, to, to go up there with your grill on and all that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> you, you ain't going to catch me doing that. And the reason, though, is because that's not me. What what I want uh, the people to see is is who I really am. I want to be transparent. And, it, you know, I got I got suits. And, you know, when I go to preach at your church, I'm going to put them on. 
You know, uh, you know, because I don't want to offend anybody is my point. But at the same time, you know, you've got to be able to allow people to have an atmosphere where they can go to and say, you know what, if I want to put on a suit, that's acceptable. And if I don't, that's acceptable, too. And don't get me wrong. The caller made a very good comment where she said that sometimes brothers can get distracted from the message if the sisters were in X, Y and Z. But we talked about this last week. The devil's going to provide a whole lot of distractions, you know, whether it's somebody's dress or somebody's hair or somebody that you don't like or whatever so the whole point that i'm trying to make is that we have to get to a point to where you know whether whether we're out on the beach and somebody's wearing a bikini or whether we're in church and somebody's wearing uh showing some cleavage you know if if what you wear if if, if what you wear uh, uh negatively impacts my relationship with god then my issue isn't with you my issue is internal. It's a condition of the heart. And so I need to be in a position where I can keep my eyes stayed on the Lord, regardless of what you do. And I don't always come um, start that way, but I got to end that way. Because the truth is, is that just because we put them in a hospital and nurture them and shield them from cleavage and, and, and low cut skirts, what are they going to do when they walk out of the church? And not only do you see the cleavage and the low cut sh- uh, uh, shirts, but you got the sister trying to holler at you, giving you her telephone number and all like that. Then what you're going to do so we can't handicap our brothers uh by just trying to shield them from it we got to deal with their heart so that we don't have to shield them but they can deal with it when they walk outside the church amen and so we have another caller on the air is this jerry from hampton jerry hey god bless you god bless you welcome to the pastor study yeah this is uh, my first time i'm just getting off of work so i'm kind of catching bits and pieces Turn your radio down for me, first of all, please. And um, we're talking about dress code in the church. If you can quickly state your comment, we're almost out of time. I mean, basically, if you're teaching the person the word, then the spirit is going to convict the person. Because the day and age and time now where, you know, you have young men uh, walking around with their pants hanging down and stuff like that, um, you know, they have a hunger to be fed. And once that hunger is fed, they'll understand what God wants. Uh, because like you say in tradition, uh, I'm 52. So I'll call it the old school. Uh, we learned a lot from our grandparents because that's how I started going to church. And uh, like I said, if you, if you teach them the word and they're hungry for the word of God, then the Holy Spirit will convict them. And then once you've been in there for a while, then, you know, it's up to the leaders to guide and direct. But, you know, like they say, through, you know, through kind words, you know, and not, not you know, being stern with a person, you know, like you're in a courtroom and the judge is sentencing you. I mean, basically, you know, there's a way to talk to the people and then those that are already there, they should have already been fed enough to the point where they should know, you know, you're, you're sending a bad message to a newcomer. And the word says, then their blood you required of. So, you know, there, there, there are steps to be taken. But like I said, the members are already there. They already should have had the word of God. They should have already been taught. They should have already been convicted by the Spirit. Okay. So that way, when a newcomer comes in, uh, he'll be welcome. He won't feel ashamed because people, you know, may have on shirts and ties and stuff like that. Okay, Jerry, we appreciate the call. Thank you for your time. Amen. All right. And 
you know, Pastor Johnson, there are some on the other side of this that say, you know what? When you go on your job, Fortune 500 company, when you go into the professional business world, you can't go to your job any kind of way. There's a certain standard. And if you want that job, you, you have to operate in, in agreement with the standard of dress code. You, you can't go to court any kind of way. You have to dress a certain way. So if, in fact, there are certain standards in the world of which attire is required, then why should it not be the same for God who is higher and above all of those standards of which we've already mentioned? How, how do you respond to that? Again, I referenced the Old Testament where the priests could not enter into um, the tabernacle or the, or the tent of meetings unless they were dressed a certain way. The scripture in Psalms talks about um, you know, coming into the house of the Lord, entering into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so thanksgiving and praise is something that's got to be on your heart before you can enter in uh, into the house of the Lord. It should be upon your heart and lips when you come in. Now, um, as Pastor Young mentioned, we are most concerned with the internal makeup of a person first. And we don't want to we don't want people to be um, scared away from church or feel like they can't come because they don't have their proper attire to wear. And more importantly, on the other side of that, we do want to set the standard. Now, again, we don't walk through the church. We're not policing uh, people inside of a church in any in any of our churches in any way. But at the same time, once people change internally on the inside, um, if you just go about doing what you normally do every single week anyway, like, for example, somebody comes to me in May, they're going to see dressed down. They come to me in October, we're going to be dressed up. Through the summer, their internal heart has changed. By the fall comes around, nobody has to say anything. They just pick up in the atmosphere what's going on culturally, and we get a chance to lift that standard and raise that standard. So, again, I agree with what you're saying, Pastor Swan. You can't go to your courtroom or to your board meetings um, the way that you want to come. Uh, you've got to come in that cultural norm. Now, at the same time, the church is a living organism inside of an organization. So we've got to make sure that whosoever will let them come and work on their spirits. And after their spirits are work form, worked on, they will then kind of assimilate into the culture of that environment, thus teaching them the standard of how they can carry themselves in any environment. I think the church historically, particularly in African-American communities, sets that as an example and a model and i think we should continue that today given the environment and state that our young people find themselves in all right we do have another caller i believe keith from virginia beach keith are you there yes i'm there good uh quickly state your comment we're almost out of time very quickly i just want to share a story with you i'm from philly originally and uh the bad part of philly is 52nd and market and we used to pass out tracks, the church that I belong to up there. And um, I passed this track out to this brother. And, and in doing so, I asked him to come and visit our church. You know what he told me? He said, but brother, I don't have a pair of shoes to wear to church. I said, man, come on, come as you are. God will accept you as you are. That in that right there dropped me, man, dropped me right there. I said to myself, I would never, ever have to worry about wearing a dress code coming to God's house because God don't look on the outer. He looks at the inner. You understand? Yes, I do. man told me that. He said, I don't have a pair of shoes to wear to go to church. Right there, his mindset was already trained to where he said, 
well, I got to have a suit, a tie, and a good pair of shoes to go to church, which is the wrong message that he was already used to of bringing up when he was brought up. All right? Uh, thank I you for your time. Him, man. I, I, you know? Okay. Right, thank you. We appreciate it. And and that is the reality. And, and you know, I'm going to be honest. There, there are, you know, within the congregation, and Pastor Ray, you can, you can identify with this, there are some who have been raised in the church who have been in church for a long period of time. They would not be caught dead in church without at least a shirt and tie on. And it doesn't matter if you say dress down, whatever. That's just, we've, we've done Jersey Day at our church, and they had a jersey on top of a shirt and tie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. It's, it's just in them, it's just in them to do that. Now, you have others who may be in our generation and, and below who don't have that same sentiment. Now, the question becomes, again, if we're trying to grow a congregation, if our responsibility is to advance the kingdom of God, should dress be a factor in that? Should the church adjust, in some cases, its standard of dress so that we can attract more people to win more souls for Christ so that the kingdom of God should be advanced on the earth? I'm going to give you both an opportunity. we got about 30 seconds to stay chance. Well, I'll take five because Ray going to need 25. Um, but real quick, my, my comment is that we need to refocus as, as ministers and as ministries in the body of Christ. We need to deal with the heart of the matter. Like the caller alluded to earlier, First Samuel 16 and 7 says, For God doesn't see as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And I would simply echo that by saying uh, we can do both. I think oftentimes, Pastor Swan, we look at either ors, and I believe that the church um, as the kingdom and as Jesus would, would seek to do both and, and that is we can lift the standard up while also at the same time welcoming and opening our doors to no matter what you have on, let's catch fish first. And that means if we've got to dress down to catch fish, then let's do it. I do it. We practice it all the time. Uh, and then after we catch them, then let's worry about cleaning them. Well said, both of you. And I think the, the, the challenge is, and, and it's not just in dress, but it's also in music. You know, the type of music that you have in church and the type of dress, I think both of them go hand in hand. And the question I think for a lot of people is, can you expand the base of music? Can you expand the base of dress and still be holy and, and still honor God? And I think we all say the answer is yes, you can, provided that it's done in the right way. And, and so, again, uh, we're out of time. Uh, once again, Cece Michaela came on at the start of the show, and, and she lit a fire on the show today. She'll be at Pastor Ray Johnson's church on this Friday. Uh, big weekend coming up, July 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, you can get more information uh, by going to crcpeninsula.org. Then our good friend Jerry Good, very quickly, he's going to be out in Smithfield on Saturday from noon to 8 p.m., located at 16351 Carroll Bridge Road in Smithfield. And for more information, he's doing a big, big event out there on fitness. You can go out and meet him if you're going to be in Smithfield area on this upcoming Saturday from 12 to 8. For more information, you can contact 708-6876, 708-6876 for more information on that. We're out of time on behalf of Pastor Ray Johnson, Pastor John Young, Miss Laura, who is so diligently working the phones, who also went to Pastor Young's church this week and had a great time, and we're glad to hear that. Uh, Kevin Moose Anderson in studio, station manager Jay Lang, we thank you for listening to another edition. If you happen to miss some of the show, you can go later on to kevinswan.org backslash media, listen to the show in its entirety. Until next week, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. 88.1 WHOV, Hampton.